Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back. Julie, it is July the 28th. We are almost, um, how many days are we away from being halfway through our 49-day sojourn? I think we're about there. What are we on? Uh, We're at 22 right now. Yeah. Wow. It's awesome, isn't it? Yeah. And we've gotten our hotel game down pretty well, except except for this is your first hotel that we might want to forget. Hotel fail. Yeah, this is the first hotel fail. (laughs) So we should give a a proper critique to where we're staying. Where are we staying? Klamath. Klamath, which California, I think is different than Klamath Falls, which must be a little bit nicer. So. Yeah, and so Klamath, California. If you're thinking about stopping at the uh, what is this a Holiday Inn or something yeah. horrible? Yeah. yeah, just drive past. Yeah, you'd be better off if you slept in your car. Absolutely. <laughs> but yes. Live and learn. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, when you wing it on the road, there's going to be some that are good and some that are bad. This one uh, was a. When perhaps on the location, because we did drive through some amazing redwood trees oh, yeah. on the way here as planned, but a fail on the actual uh, setup of the hotel, because I guess this is a supply and demand thing. If you're the only hotel within miles and miles and miles, maybe you don't have to, Yeah, let's just say, do as good of a job as you would if you had some competition. Have working HVAC, things like that. But it is interesting to your point, though, the COVID thing is definitely taking hold again in California. Yeah. They're definitely starting to Big difference figure out how they're going to go about, you know, with this, uh, you know, this, uh, what's it called? The Delta variant or whatever. Yeah. And so, yeah, there are people that are walking around masks again. There's people that are essentially businesses that are trying to do social distancing again. People are sort of doing their own hybrid approaches. And as we get closer to LA, I imagine it's going to be more omnipresent of the heavy hand of the virus. But yes. yeah, rest of the country, no signs of it whatsoever and people out celebrating. It yeah. is really a stark contrast from not just, well, really from city to city in a lot of these states, but also from state to state. It is we more than I right would have thought. More mm-hmm. than I would have thought. And I'll tell you what's more is going from Oregon to California while I was driving. <laughs> as soon as you crossed yeah. over the, um, you know, the state line from Oregon to California, you start seeing probably 30 to 40% more signs, just signs in general. Don't do this. Don't do that. Turn here. Don't turn here. You know, this, this, this sign, you know, denotes this specific, it just signs everywhere. So obviously signs are a big thing in California. I'm guessing yeah. somebody's brother-in-law owns the sign company that makes the signs for, you Perhaps. Know, I mean, I guess in Oregon, you know, they don't really care if you, you know, fall into the ocean it's on you it's kind of like how texas is with fireworks right Right. you blow yourself up it's on you you can shoot them off in your backyard that's not our problem and then you cross into california it's like you know be careful about that but it is funny though i mean you're bringing up that we were driving along the coast and um we were just on the one and we were driving in oregon it's so beautiful it's so Stunning. Um, I, the thing that was best about that drive, from a driver's perspective, I'm sure from your perspective as well, mm-hmm. was that there w- it was uh, not catered. In other words, the mm-hmm. experience was raw. There were um, the s- trees went right up to the road. The, you could see through the trees. You could see the ocean on our you know, on our right side as we were mm-hmm. driving south. Um, and there weren't, you know, frankly, there weren't a lot of uh, human interference. Um, you know, there's yeah. not a bunch of signs. There weren't a bunch of guardrails. There no, were virtually nothing, really. Yeah, but to your point, though, it's it's true, though. There weren't guardrails in places where, I mean, <laughs> you'd think there would have been. There should have been, maybe. 
Yeah. Because we looked over the edge in a couple spots and it was essentially just straight down. But man, it was beautiful. So Oregon, Absolutely. I think you still, even though I have to say Redwoods is probably the most beautiful drive I've ever had is if you like driving through the woods. Um, I have to still say Oregon so far is my favorite state. Me too. Yeah, Which definitely. Which has been a nice surprise because we hadn't spent a whole lot of time in Oregon. Well, no, at all. So, yeah. yes. Well, so you have something to, this is, oh, yep. by the way, this is Real Estate Coaching Radio and we are on our U.S. tour and our next stop is going to be Napa. Napa. And we are staying at the Meritage, Meritage Resort and Spa and we're going to park there for maybe about four or five days. So right. if you guys are in the area, it's a good way to catch up with us. I believe it's easy to find. We can grab lunch or coffee or something like that. And yep. then on to, I think we're going to maybe have two or three days in San Francisco, then a week in Monterey at least. Yep. So stop by uh, the Meritage Resort. You can message us directly at Tim and Julie Harris on Instagram. Um, and that's the easiest way to communicate. That's the preferred way to communicate is just go over to Instagram and obviously follow us. Uh, we've been picking up hundreds of followers per day, which I hadn't anticipated. Frankly, I hadn't anticipated any of this being the... Um, uh, PR brouhaha that it's actually mm, become maybe. in a good way. You know, there's, I think it probably all started with everyone wanting to have a sense of freedom after COVID mm -hmm. and everyone's sort of appreciating the fact that we wanted that as well. Yes. And then we designed this trip originally just to be a family trip, we'll right? Share it with you. Shows, uh, you know, introduced Zoe to things she'd never seen before. Trees and Sasquatches and Bigfoots and <laughs> bears and, you know, bighorn sheep. And, and the Pacific. In the Pacific Ocean, just all kinds of things she hasn't seen. And we still have half the country still to go. You know, she's never seen a big cornfield. She's never, well, maybe she has in Texas. Mm -hmm. Maybe. There were a couple on the way. Yeah. But it's just so much we've, we just wanted to see from a personal perspective and introduce Zoe to. But now that we're, uh, now we started publicizing our drive around, getting messages from all of you guys, running into some of you. Um, I don't mean that in the car. I mean, just like meeting you here <laughs> and there. That's been a real highlight for the, for the experience. And we really sincerely appreciate it. So if you want to meet up with Julie and I, our next major stop is going to be at the Meritage and we're going to be in Napa and you guys can look that up. It's pretty easy to find. And uh, yeah, just message us on Instagram and we will certainly figure out a way to meet you. It's a huge uh, resort, so it'll be easy for us to find a nice, comfortable place to sit down. Indeed. And uh, maybe we'll just do a quick, depending on, you know, the dynamic of who shows up, we'll just do maybe a quick podcast. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be fun. fun. Yeah, absolutely. So you have some stuff to share with these yes. guys from um, the from, mortgage from our headlines. website, actually. Oh, good. Yes. Okay. So and this oh, will I just take a, a couple of minutes, but this is interesting for those of you who still need convincing that it's not going to be forbearance Armageddon. There's some good news. Uh, borrowers with home loans backed by the federal government, of course, that's almost everybody, may extend the length of the mortgages to lock in lower monthly payments. According to Urban Institute, 75% of new home loans are indeed backed by the federal government. Uh, this is in the land of loan modifications, okay? So <clears throat> with remembering that the national foreclosure ban is expiring on July 31st, the Biden administration announced new options to help struggling mortgage borrowers stave off a spike in foreclosures over the coming month. The program would allow borrowers with loans backed by the federal government, that's Freddie and Fannie, to extend the length of their mortgages. Such extensions would essentially lock in lower monthly principal and interest payments up to about 25% less than what the payment would have been. Now, it doesn't say how long you can extend, but certainly, you know, if you're sitting there on a um, forbearance and you've got 25 years to go, they might extend it to 35 years. And this is very different than what happened last time when nobody really even knew how to do a loan mod. And then you had a whole bunch of loan mod companies come out and they were doing their thing. This is kind of a streamlined approach. And it goes on to say that no one wants a repeat of 2008 and nine housing crisis, okay? So 
this is a concerted effort to take care of forbearance folks. Yeah, and goes to the, goes to the point that Julie and I have been making really um, in earnest, really, after we've researched this for a series of podcasts we did probably two months ago, mm-hmm. where we were convinced there was not going to be any sort of foreclosure crisis. And really the big reason why, if you just kind of cut through all of it, is the government's not going to let it happen. No. I mean, that's really the And this is line. evidence of that. Yeah, and remember, most everyone's mortgage is essentially uh, owned by, basically, the federal government now through Fannie and Freddie and different iterations serviced by your local lender, your Wells Fargo's and whatnot. But at the end of the day, the mortgage is actually backed by the government. And as long as that's true, the government's going to call the shots that the servicers are going to have to follow. Mm -hmm. I know when the whole uh, COVID thing started to become a problem and we are announcing to all of you guys, we did a ton of podcasts last year. We were the only ones doing it that were, and a lot of you discovered us back then, we were telling you to do the forbearances. We were telling you to do all the different options. We were telling you to look in the different loans that the uh, Small Business Administration, you know, the loans that were actually grants, all that stuff, a lot of you guys did. And you were able to weather the financial storm of a few bad months and the real estate market took off again. Well, you know, a lot of people were believing that after all those forbearances um, ran out, that there was going to be some sort of big tsunami of people that were going to go into default. Not true. And the government's going to make sure of it. And the lenders are going to make sure of it. And you don't have anything to worry about if you're worried about a precipitous drop in pricing. It's not going to happen. It just won't happen anytime soon. So stop thinking that and stop believing the people that tell you that it's true. (laughs) Now, if there were some sort of, you know, zombie apocalypse or if there's some sort of big deal that we would think that would then have a reverse effect on the housing market and the housing market were to start uh, to decline or we are fearful of that, we would certainly tell you ahead of the storm. But we see no reasons to believe that we're not going to be in this really amazing and for sellers anyway, sellers market for some time to come. And by some time to come, we mean two or three years. And we also don't believe that mortgage interest rates will be increasing um, just for the reasons we discussed yesterday. So Julie, we have a topic that I'm really Mm -hmm. looking forward to sharing with these guys for the rest of the week. Indeed. And this is, you know, I don't know if you're going to rename it on the uh, posting of this, but it was originally the philosophy and application of getting rich. You know, we often talk about riches when your money is working for you and you are no longer working for it. So how do you get to that point? It's one thing to throw around our saying on virtually every podcast and remind them. <laughs> it's another one to actually teach you how to do that. So the first part, we're going to jump right in. This will be a multi-part podcast. So if they wanted to drill down on that, because mm-hmm. that's a big psychological mooring line for mm-hmm. a lot of people, the sure. idea of being rich, because in a lot of societies and cult, you know, subcultures, especially in the United States as we drive around, mm-hmm. the idea of being rich is associated with something bad. Mm-hmm. And Julie just gave you our definition, but if you want to real drill down you guys should get our book it's available on amazon it's available at every major bookseller uh barnes and noble it's for sale everywhere you can also get it on audible it's called harris rules we do really great uh, uh, job drilling down on really the essence of why you got into business in the first place that's where this came from i realize and the essence of why you got into business in the first place was so that you would at some point be rich where your money works for you and you no longer work for your money this isn't some sort of sort of um you know, a vision of you somehow taking from the rich and giving to the poor. This isn't a Bernie Sanders version of, uh, you know, some sort of uh, association with evil as far as being wealthy. All we're talking about is creating a business that creates enough profit. Then with that profit, you reinvest it. And with that, you then become rich where your money works for you. You no longer work for your money. And there's a number of vehicles out there that can get you there. You know, traditionally in real estate, it's real estate, right? You can buy rental properties. And there's also dividend paying stocks and there's different things you can get in the securities. But I'll tell you, I've never seen anything in, in my entire adult life that has the potential to create as much wealth as EXP Realty does, especially if you're paying attention to the stock awards program and also the um, revenue share. The revenue share is something that 
uh, you know, we had that interview with Glenn the other day and I asked him on the interview, I said, did you ever envision there would be so many millionaires, multimillionaires, decamillionaires created from revenue share? And he sort of laughed and he said he'd hoped it was true. He said something, you know, we talked about it a little bit, but that's what's happening. And if you guys are in denial about it, or if you don't believe it, or if you don't believe it's sustainable, you need to do yourself a favor and do the homework because the revenue share model at eXp is like nothing I've ever seen before. And it's in perfect alignment with what our topic is today, which is being rich where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. If you're behind the ball, as most of you are, on ever getting to the point where you're going to be able to retire, let alone having any sort of financial security, getting revenue share working for you is going to be your shortcut to basically riding that ship. If you guys want more information on EXP, which all of you should, text the letters EXP to 47372. Yes. Text the letters EXP to 47372. If you're ready to join EXP today and you're looking for a sponsor that's going to be proactive in your success, Julie and I are formally applying for the job of being your EXP sponsor. Text me directly at 512-758-0206. 512-758-0206. Yes. So as we normally do with big topics like this, you know, rich and money this this can as you said be a little bit intimidating or confusing so when we roll out new topics for you guys that are a little heavy potentially we start with your mindset part one is mindset most of you are experiencing more success than you ever have before what you believe and what actions you take based on those beliefs will determine if your present situation is maintained grows or disappears so point number one, your mindset does matter about this. You will be confronted with your beliefs about money and success. That's a fact. You must know how to reinforce the positive and remove the negative thinking that may be keeping you from living the life of your dreams. That's kind of the short way of what you just said, right? So point number two, be introspective rather than reactive. And this is where you might want to grab a pen or your typing fingers ask yourself some really critical questions. This is getting into what they actually believe about wealth or money. So point number A, what are your beliefs about money, having wealth, and being rich? You might jot down some thoughts about that. B, do you believe that rich people are in any way evil? And maybe ask yourself where you originally thought that. Why do you think that? Let's level off with those first two points because Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't realize, and we've done this so many times where we've asked questions like this, to a large group of agents, and mm-hmm. none of them will actually admit that they have some deep-rooted uh, misbeliefs about age, or I'm sorry, about people who are rich. They all believe, to some differing levels. And truthfully, I've definitely, you know, I can validate this with actual firsthand experience. Depending on where you are in the country, mm-hmm. right? But we've read some things driving through Portland, Oregon, which mm-hmm. would definitely lead you to believe that the Communist Party is definitely taking hold in certain parts of the country. There's just no yeah. two ways about that. The redistribution mindset is alive and well in the United States, more so than it ever has been in our entire adult lives. Part of the redistribution mindset is that you don't that rich people are taking more than they are uh, that they should be able to take. They and, don't deserve it, right? Way. Somehow, mm-hmm. they're taking advantage of the poor people to give to the rich. And if you find yourself reading headlines, for example, you know about like Bernie Sanders the other day talking about the fact that he was poo-pooing on the fact that Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson were able to hoist themselves up into the uh, near, uh, you know, it's quite more, literally into space, well, essentially, or near, near, space. near space, right? And yeah. somehow that money should have been instead taken from them and given to poor people. Those types of stories 
if you want to really know what the leaning of your political of your local newspaper is, look to see if they publish re reports like that. And again, in different parts of the country, Julie and I are seeing, and as we glance at newspapers in some of these towns, bless you, Zoe, and some of these towns still do have uh, newspapers that are on. You know, you can read them on while you're waiting in line for coffee or whatever. Not all of them, interestingly enough. But when you read the headlines, and they're essentially very, um, you know, leading towards believing that rich people are evil, you read that stuff subconsciously. You might glance at it as you're waiting in line, and you don't realize your brain picked that up. Mm -hmm. Your subconscious mind picked up the messaging that was coming from that particular article. You're channel surfing, and you come across some article or some you know story on some news channel, quote unquote news channel, and it's uh, you know bending a particular news story in that particular direction as well. The cumulative effect of all of those inputs uh, with regards to wealthy people are going to lead you to believe, lead all your friends to believe, lead your social circle to believe that rich people are evil. And if you then decide that you want to start basically be, being free, because that's all really rich is by our definition, it's where your money works for you, you no longer have to work for your money. So if you're the one that's choosing to be rich where you no longer have to slave away at the job and, you know, whatever your definition of, you know, you guys get the gist of it. Uh, if you're the one that decides that you're going to break free, if you're the one that's going to decide that you're no longer going to be beholden to you know, transactional income for the rest of your life, if you're the one that decides you're going to be the crab that finally gets out of that bucket, most of you know what I'm talking about. None of your, you're going to find that your social circle, everyone around you, your local newspaper, the channels that you've been watching, the news, quote unquote, that you've been absorbing, none of it is in alignment with what you want in your life. And you're even, additionally, you've been convinced that wanting what you naturally normally want, which is to be free, is somehow evil. And that is what most of you are infect, uh, infected by without even knowing it. The accumulation of a lot of essentially, you know, information that's designed to squash your natural desire to be free. The system, for the most part, wants you to be dependent, not free. Dependency is what most people need of you for them to remain any, have any sort of control. Dependency is what the system needs. And independent thinking and free people don't need, would you vote the same way if you were rich? Would you live in the same place? Would you have the same friends? Same Dance, car even? Same car, same clothes, right. same hairstyle. Yeah. Would you even look the same? Most of you, you know, everything in your lives would change for the better. So I want you to open your mind to what you actually think. And if you don't know what you actually think, you need to look to see what you watch, who your friends are, what you look like, what you drive. If you're driving a taupe-colored Toyota Camry, trust me when I tell you. With 150,000 miles on it. <laughs> Which we see everywhere, especially in California. And a busted turn signal. <laughs> right. That is all you need to know. D judge someone. You have given up. Judge someone, especially yourselves, ultimately by what you do, not by what you say. Exactly. Okay, now you touched on point number C. Do you believe that in order to have something like money or wealth, you must take it from someone else? Now, we have done entire podcasts, maybe even a podcast series, although it's been a while, about the difference between a scarcity mindset and an abundance mindset. The scarcity mindset is not just that fact. There's a lot of different uh, you know, lines of thinking that would show, a lot of them you just touched on, a scarcity mindset. If you have something, it means that you must have taken it away from me. Like if Jeff Bezos went to space, it's because he didn't distribute that wealth to someone else. That's a scarcity mindset. And if you are a Premier Coaching member, we have a whole section on the website in the mindset section well, about that. You mentioned Bezos. So there was an article that came out about the same time. It was before he went to space and he was starting to you know, gen up a lot of interest in that. 
And the article was how poorly he treats his warehouse workers. Mm. Now, mm-hmm. I think that's absolutely amazing and obviously perfectly timed. So you all have to ask yourselves, what, who wants Jeff Bezos's trip to, uh, you know, basically near space to be anything other than the huge victory that it truly is? Who would who benefits from that? Why would people want you to believe that that somehow him actually accomplishing that for, by, by the way, the betterment of humanity, because it opens the door for space travel no longer to be government, tra- uh, you know, essentially controlled, which if you think about it, when is the last time the government did anything that involved going to space? It's all been private industry, Elon Musk and all these other guys that are creating essentially a new world outside of our physical you know, world. So explain to me why that's a bad thing. Well, people want you to believe it's a bad thing. Well, who wants you to believe it's a bad thing? I'll answer my own question. It's people that want you to believe that only the government should be doing things like that and not individuals. Why? Again, it gets back to the dependency thing. Control. If you, It's control. If you guys really drill down on all of this, and the only reason we're going through this, and I'm sorry if this sounds political because I know it sort of kind of sort of is, but it's not. I mean, Julie and I are libertarian in our hearts. We're not Republicans or Democrats. But at the end of the day, here's just the takeaway is if you're struggling to really become the best version of yourself. In our world, it's as a real estate professional, which means you have to have the skill set. You have to have the mindset of being of service. If you're struggling with becoming that iteration of yourself, that version of yourself, it might just be because you're starting to experience abundance in your life of financial abundance that you're not comfortable with because it's in conflict with these life, this lifetime log of experiences you've had, which leads you to somehow come to the, the the bad conclusion that being rich is bad. And I really want you guys to root that out. And the reason I can speak so, I think, um, fluidly about this mm-hmm. is because I had to overcome this as well. Sure. I was raised somewhat to believe what I'm saying is true. And I remember my dad saying things as I was growing up with regards to rich people that I had to essentially work through in my young adult. Unfortunately, I did when I was in my 20s and figured out for the most part what he said about people that were wealthy was completely wrong. Well, and he didn't like sit you down and say, son, wealthy people are evil. No, it was things that were said in passing that your subconscious filed away until later years you would have to work on it. right? Right. So just because, you know. A lot of you guys are with us on this. You're listening and you're like, well, I'm media free. I don't, I'm not really subject to that. All you have to do is read headlines. You don't have to like go searching well, out. It's, it's the people the around articles. you. It's and the it, people around exactly. you too. Well, I'll give you an example. Um, Colette McDonald told me this story when she was uh, getting some awards. You know, she's been one of the top agents in Atlanta for a long time. Yeah. She was at one of those realtor awards ceremony, uh, ceremonies and I forget she was number one or number two in uh, her area. And some agent just walked by in passing and said, yeah, well, that's all nice and well, but I bet you have a terrible relationship with your kids. Yeah, I remember she told me that. You know, went on their merry way, shooting that off. And she said, actually, I have a great relationship with my kids. Their college is already paid for. They're doing great. And we're going to Europe next week. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, but the well, point I, the point is that how is it that people are so comfortable just throwing that crap at you? And Colette's son, Declan, just joined uh, Colette at EXP Realty. Exactly. You know, and Declan's 19. I know. Already a, a success. Yeah, already a success. He's already, you know. he's already sold, I think, probably more houses than most agents have in Atlanta on I, his own, not I from know. gimme's from Colette. I know. Isn't that awesome? It is. But the point is that people will throw things at you, and you may think that it bounces off of you, and hopefully it does for the most part, but your subconscious still filed that away. You may have to work on it, which is why we bring these things up. The easiest way to work on it is just being aware of it. And once you're aware of it, the next part, once you're aware that it's possible that you've been influenced in a negative way, and that's the reason that probably you're involuntarily, well, you've been involuntarily experiencing uh, not, you know, essentially not the version of yourself that you'd want to. You've been living under your 
uh, potential really your entire life. Well, now that you're consciously aware that that's possible, now what you should do, be doing is consciously look for the reinforcement of you staying small. Because as soon as you start seeing and hearing those reinforcements, then you're completely aware. You're completely awake. You've now, yeah, essentially, you've now risen above the previous previous version of yourself that was asleep, a slumber to the idea that you'd always be dependent. Now you're awake from that. What you will then want to start doing is reinforcing uh, with as many, frankly, experiences, books, uh, different people, different places that will reinforce you becoming the best version of yourself. So people, you know, when you run into people that are especially at midlife that aren't very happy with what they've accomplished in life, the reason that most of them aren't very happy with what they've accomplished in life isn't because they've tried and failed. It's because they never actually tried and they knew they could have and they're starting to give up. You don't have to be like that. You you know, what was it? Um, Warren Buffett, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't uh, create, he created 95% of his wealth after the age of 60. You know, there's so many examples of people like that. But those of you who are listening uh, that are younger, the, the blessing you have is that you're young and the curse that you have is you're young yeah. for the same reason, because you have time. So you're going to give yourself too much time to screw around, too much time to procrastinate. And again, the world's reinforcing that. How much millennial culture is focused on basically not actually ever growing up? I mean, it's ridiculous. A lot. <laughs> a lot. Being a, this an adult man child until you're 30. That's no. insane. Don't waste <laughs> yeah. those years, guys. Your most productive years should be in your 20s and your 30s. That's what you set yourself up for for the rest of your life. And mm-hmm. if you're basically somebody that's not really committed or dedicated towards anything and you hit the age of 30, it is a simple fact that it's really difficult to compete with people who had their shit together 10 years prior to you. That's for sure. You're going to be way behind the curve. So, you again, it's a blessing that you have time and it's a curse that you have time if you don't treat it respectfully. That's right. So you touched on this one, point number E. Do you believe that in order to be rich, you must sacrifice your fill-in-the-blank health relationships, spirituality, overall well-being. How many people consciously or subconsciously in their head go, well, I would make all that effort that Tim's talking about, but I, you know, I don't want to miss soccer games and I, you know, I don't want to be out of balance. You know, you yeah. hear that all the time and we'll get into that shortly. That whole balance conversation is another thing. It's basically a, sci- a psychological mind. And I would say another word after that, but Zoe's here, but it is a, it's, it's again, it's confusing. There's no such thing as balance in life, guys. It is a huge myth. You can never have balance. Are we talking and about that? That'll be another part of this podcast. Okay, we're foreshadowing. This was a precursor. We're foreshadowing an upcoming uh, okay. topic. Yes, and, and I've got just a few more points about your mindset. So point number F, do you believe it's normal to have cash spurts as opposed to cash flow? Some of you are really good at putting together one seriously kick ASS, as always in the room, month, okay? But Zoe can spell I ass. I know. She's looking at you. <laughs> kick ass month. Okay, so yes, yeah, some of you are really good at putting together like your best month ever. And with coaching clients, I always tease them that that's all well and good. That's fantastic until that turns into an okay two months and maybe a mediocre but quarter because level, they didn't keep it going. Let's level off and close the loop on that, sure. right? You and I know from from a sort of you know a coaching perspective why mm-hmm. that is. They go into they create a bunch of leads, they put the leads in contract, they mm-hmm. then spend all their time closing the deals. But I would challenge. I think that's all true. Mm-hmm. But the reason that they're choosing to follow that pattern isn't because they don't know it's going to end them back where they started financially. You're never going to get ahead if you act like that. It's because they don't have anybody that's telling them that you can have ever-increasing levels of success yes. in all aspects of your life for your entire life. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have you know a crappy month and a good month or a crappy quarter and a good quarter. You can have a great year followed by a great year followed you by can. a great year followed by a great year. Warren Buffett again. 
who once said, America loves to celebrate the comeback story. And he said, I like to celebrate the guy or gal who made it and never lost it. Why is it that so many of you think that you could only make it, then lose it, make it, then lose it, make it, then lose it? You go from these cycles of being in debt, having no debt. Oh, I paid my debt off. Then what do you do? You accumulate the debt. Mm -hmm. You see that happening with weight too. I lost my weight. I gained my weight. I lost my weight. I, I mean, Oprah Winfrey does it for God's sake. I mean, but if you look at all these cycles, what is going on in someone's head that they believe that they cannot have ever increasing levels of success. Now, financial uh, success, in our opinion, is actually the easiest type of success to have long-term. Otherwise, there wouldn't be over 2,000 billionaires in the world. Right. <laughs> so there must be some truth to that. And you can increase every aspect, everything, all the you know major categories of life where people mostly focus all their energies or you know should at differing times in their lives or spiritual, education, family, physical, and of course, financial. You can add maybe a couple more in there, but those are the main five categories of, of people's lives. Guys, at the end of the day, what we all need is we need someone to love, something to do that gives us a sense of purpose and something to look forward to. It's those three core things. Mm -hmm. And if you really want to really become the best version of yourself, not just as a real estate agent, but as a human, one of the absolute job number ones that all of you should have is to be rich where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. Because once that financial burden, once the burden of having to earn your personal income, your house payment, if you have one, if you didn't pay your house off, your personal bills, all your bills are completely squared away. The kid's education is completely squared away. Your retirement completely squared away. Once you have all the big financial rocks in that jar, here's what's interesting. A lot of you create problems for yourselves. I've seen this happen before because you no longer have to struggle. The thing that was motivating you mm -hmm. was the struggle. One of the sort of the oldest ways for a sales manager to uh, motivate his salespeople is to make sure they're always in debt. Always have a car payment, a house yep. payment, always basically be, you know, essentially a debt slave. That way people always have to work. But that's basic human psychology because they don't want to lose the house or the car. So they have to work to make the payment. And that's what a lot of you guys do as well. You've created these worlds where you're always having to be behind the ball because that's what you uh, believe because you've been socialized to believe that's the lot in life that you basically have been forced into and you don't think you can actually change it. Well, you can. And that's reinforced by the realtor and broker community, by the way. They start to normalize that. Oh, it's, I've heard brokers say to their agents, oh, it's normal to have feast and famine. You know, course. you're an independent contractor. You just have to suck it up buttercup. That's how it is. You know, you're a salesperson. It's, and they start to believe it and normalize it. So you have to watch what you're putting in your head. One of, one of the ways to defeat that thinking, and it is all around you, so you, you've got to you know, seal yourself off from that. Uh, one of the, my favorite ways to defeat that is when an agent, uh, coaching client or podcast listener, somebody comes to us and says, you know, I just wanted to let you know that I'm having my best month ever. And you ask them, well, how much um, you know, net income is that? And whatever the number is, to, to stop them from that being an isolated experience, what I'll do is get the calculator out or I'll get them to get, get it out and say, okay, now multiply that by 12 because you've just proven that you can earn that in one month. That's your four minute mile for those of you who know what I'm talking about. Once you've done it, you can redo it. You can do it and again every single month. It's not an aberration. That's right. And then you know that you can do it because that's what you've got pending in closing. That's not like goal setting. That's what you know you can do. Right. So you take and maybe that's a good exercise and a good place to stop here. Um, for our listeners is think about, and I know some of you guys just got your license yesterday. That's okay. It's coming. But for the rest of you, take your best income month in real estate and multiply it by 12. That's a baseline for what you could and should be doing because you know in your heart and soul, you've already done it. 
Why make it an isolated event? Here's your homework assignment. And I think all of you guys are completely in flow with us on all these points. And thank you for continuing to make this number one listen to daily podcast. And I dare I say travel journal. Yes. <laughs> in the United States, at least. We're now being listened to in nearly 70 different countries, which is unbelievably fantastic. I'm so mm-hmm. excited to see the country list include or to increase. But it is funny how often I have to go to a map and find out where the countries are. Yes. Um, but. You guys should all be joining our coaching program. You really should. It, if you uh, you can join our coaching program for around $100 a month. The main coaching program, the, the great best place to start, doesn't matter where you are in your career, what your level of experience is, is Premier Coaching. So just go to timandjulieharris.com, timandjulieharris.com, and click on Coaching and click on Premier uh, Coaching and join. It's around $100 a month. This is your soup to nuts complete solution about building your real estate business. Look, I know statistically uh, for every 10 of you that listen to this podcast, only four of you are really serious about your real estate businesses. The rest, you you guys are just, you're hobbyists. And that's fine. I mean, I don't have any problem with that. Julie and I were the only ones in the industry, I think, that uh, say it's okay to be part-time in real estate. I, yeah, I do think it's- We love you it, too. Yeah, we love you too. I do think it's fine to be part-time in real estate. But that doesn't mean you can't have full-time ambitions just because you're part-time, right? So if we do know statistically that 40% of you are actually going to take this opportunity uh, seriously and take it to the fullest. So I'm wondering how many of you actually are uh, wrestling with what I just suggested that you do and join our coaching program and how you're wrestling in your mind with why you wouldn't want to do it. The reason you won't want to do it is because you know that if you did, you'd be committing to actually taking this business seriously and taking your goals and your ambitions and your desire to be financially free seriously. And if you don't, it is because you're not ready to accept that mission. You're not ready to go on your own personal sojourn. That's what our premier coaching is all about. We are going to walk the path with you so that you can become the new version of yourself that you know you have within yourself to become. So please do consider joining the premier coaching program. Go to timandjulieharris.com and click on uh, coaching and click on premier. And then you can join for around hundred dollars a month. If you want to do it from your phone and you want to do it quick, just text the word success to four, seven, three, seven, two, go ahead and do that. Now text the word success to four, seven, three, seven, two, and we'll text you back a link where you can go ahead and just join the premier coaching program that way as well. You guys have a fantastic day and we'll talk with you tomorrow from Napa, California. And we're staying at the Meritage <laughs> Meritage Resort and Spa. Yes. Oh, it's a hotel and spa, I hotel think. Spa. Well, whatever. Look Meritage. it up. There's only one. Yep. <laughs> See you guys. Have a great day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.